Shalom Mishpocha. Shalom family. Mishpocha is a Hebrew word. It means family. And we're the Mishpocha, the family with a Jewish heart, made up of Jewish and non-Jewish people with a middle wall of separation between Jew and Gentile. It's finally come down to form one new man. Getting ready, Mishpocha, to blow the grandest shofar or the grandest trumpet in Zion. We want everyone everywhere to hear the good news. We want everyone everywhere to be red hot for the Messiah. Now, I have to ask you a question. When you pray, do you absolutely believe God is going to answer your prayer if for no other reason than every time you pray, you get an answer to prayer? If the answer is no, but you still persevere through faith, wouldn't it be wonderful if your prayers started being answered every time, and not 20 years from today, but immediately? What if there are some revelation clues, revelation mysteries that would cause God to move on your behalf instantly? And you began to see these results. And when you see it, even though you're supposed to believe before you see it, but when you see it, it has something to do with building your faith. And, and you could get to a point where every word that comes out of your mouth would be a word of power. Well, my guest is Dr. John Benefil, and he's senior pastor of Church on the Rock in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Uh, he is also uh, the... Uh, uh, the, the leader of the Oklahoma Apostolic Prayer Network, and that's made up of 700 churches, over 4,000 intercessors. And he's been teaching a revelation that has been, from what I have been reading, some leading Christians are saying, it is the best way to have answered prayer I've ever had. Uh, now, John, uh, you're the one that has the most experience praying this way, what are you seeing as far as God answering your prayers after you've been praying this way as opposed to before? Sid, we've gotten wonderful results. Uh, some leaders like Peter Wagner says that the results that he hears from the Heartland Apostolic Prayer Network, which is the prayer network actually that I lead now, that I have a leader in a network in all 50 states and 42 foreign nations, he says it's the most tangible measurable results of high-level prayer and spiritual warfare that he's heard yet in his life. And so God led us in all of this, starting back in 1999, or actually really before that, and we knew we were dealing with uh, the ruler of the demons. Now, who is the ruler of the demons? Well, according to Matthew 12, 24, it says Beelzebub or Beelzebul is the ruler of the demons. It used to throw me because I thought that you look it up and it means Lord of the Flies. Right. You look a little bit deeper and you find out that's simply a variation of the name of Baal, or actually Baal, but we usually say Baal here in the United States. And so <clears throat> Baal, I believe, because of the scripture, is the ruler of the demons. And Jesus went on to say that you needed to bind the strong man in order to plunder his house and get the spoils. Well, he was naming Baal as the strong man, and if he was the strong man then, he's still the strong man now. And I believe that he's the strong man over our nation. In my opinion, 
I like to teach it this way that Baal is the false is the counterfeit of Jesus. He is the false Jesus or another Jesus as Paul talks about. And just as Jesus is the executor of the Father's will, Baal is the executor of Satan's will. So if we know that that's our true enemy and the ruler of the demons, then we deal with him, but we deal with him in a legal way by approaching the throne of God. And what we have developed is to approach the throne of God and ask God for a legal decree to divorce us from Baal. Now, why do we have to be divorced from Baal if we've never been, using your terminology, married to Baal? Well, if you look at the book of Jeremiah, you'll find that he talks about being in covenant with the enemy. To a large extent, Israel broke covenant with God and married or made covenant with him. When they began to worship Baal, and and my contention is that we have worshipped Baal in a lot of ways that we didn't even understand because Baal is a thousand God of a thousand faces, in other words, very well disguised. As the enemy, you know, the enemy appears as an angel of light. When we start whoever you worship that becomes your God. Even if you do so ignorantly, which I believe as as Christians that we have done so and so that's part of what I teach. Well, well, you know, I'm reminded in a courtroom, uh, you always hear uh, ignorance of the law is no excuse. That's exactly right. In Second Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 11, Paul said, uh, lest Satan take advantage of us, for we're not ignorant of his schemes. So it's obvious that Satan or Baal can take advantage of us if we're ignorant of his schemes. Uh, give, me, give me some definitions. Um, what does the word Baal really mean? Well, Baal means a lot of things, but the simplest way to answer that, it means Lord, Master, the Hebrew word Baal. Now, not the false god, but the Hebrew word Baal actually means Lord, Master, Owner, Husband. So the word itself means husband, and the Jews actually used that word Baal or Baalim, the plural of Baal, to mean husband. And then God said, I don't want you to call me Baal. I want you to call me my Ishi, which means husband. So Baal means owner or possessor or lord or master or husband. And so we have to be free of him. And I like to say, but you can't bind the strong man if you don't know who he is, and you sure can't bind him if you're married to him. In 2007, Dutch Sheets did a great teaching on Baal and the need to divorce Baal and remarry the Lord. And really, again, what this basically is, it really is repentance, but it's repentance in a deeper way than maybe we have understood. I I have to tell you, as I've I've, uh, looked over your literature, I see things. uh, You use the terminology, Baal has a thousand faces, but I've seen things that I didn't even think uh, would apply to me that do. And so, in effect, this is what I'm understanding, but I want you to put it maybe in better words, that when we pray that supernatural prayer that you actually paid an attorney to develop, uh, it literally gives no place to the evil one to hinder our prayers. Is that is that correct? That's that's very right, Sid. Exactly right. What happened uh, when Dutch Sheets said we need to divorce Baal and remarry the Lord, immediately I got on the phone and called my attorney friend 
and who's also uh, one of our leaders of our prayer network. And I said, Jerry, draw us up this uh, legal decree of divorce and bail. I said, I knew he had to, knew how to do it. He said, I'm already on it because he was hearing what Dutch said, and Jerry was one of our uh, best understander teachers about bail had a great understanding about it so he, he drew up this legal petition now does it have to be exactly the way we do it well no of course not because but this is a form of a prayer approaching the throne of god asking god to grant us legal freedom from bail now people could say yeah but you know we're already free from the devil by the blood of jesus well i agree with that but if you don't appropriate what the blood of jesus has done you don't enjoy it so the enemy uses legal tactics before us, before God's throne, in order to ensnare us. And God, I mean, I remember hearing Kenneth Copeland years ago say this. And he said, you know, God has to be just and righteous even to the devil. And I don't like that, but it's true. If the, the basis of God's throne is righteousness and justice. So if we're accused before God's throne, we've got to answer that accusation and then immediately God will grant what we what we want. You know, in an actual court, <clears throat> you may have a wonderful case, but unless you bring your case before the judge in the protocol that the judge sets and in accordance with the law, you're not going to get a favorable ruling. You may be right, you may be just, you you may have a really good case, but really that's what effective prayer is, is using the Word of God to appeal to God based on His Word to grant us what we ask for. And, and then the second phase of the prayer is just as important. Once you get rid of that stronghold in your life that's stopping, uh, literally, God from answering your prayers, uh, then then you do something called a writ of assistance. What is that? Okay, good question. You know, we were getting so many tangible, measurable results from the bail divorce decree, which I was very happy about. But then I began to think, well, Lord, you know, we haven't seen the amount of wealth transfer yet that I think that we ought to see. So I gathered together a lot of the scriptures on wealth and wealth transfer, again, gave them to my attorney friend, and I said, draw us up a legal decree with this. Because even though we've got this just decree of divorcement from Baal from the throne of God, that doesn't mean that the enemy is going to lay down and play dead. And, you know, in a natural court of law, when you get a favorable judgment from a judge, that most of the time, or a lot of the times, that's not the end of it. You have to get law enforcement officials involved to enforce the decree of the court. And that's called the writ of assistance. And in the writ, and this, that's a legal term, by the way, uh, in real estate especially, it's used to d- dispossess occupants of property. And so. Well, I got a lot, a lot of. Uh, beings in the invisible world, I would like to evict. <laughs> Is that what you're saying? <laughs> exactly, exactly, Sid. Uh, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. And in the invisible realm, we have to deal with that. And it's- so, so when you pray this prayer, and I'm, I'm rushing you now because we're almost out of time. When you pray this prayer, what is the legal effect of this prayer uh, when you pray this writ of assistance? It is, it is not only to take away the legal right of the enemy to be there, but also to release the angels, not praying to angels now, we don't do that, but to release the angels to go and bind the strong man of Baal and plunder his house and bring us the spoils. Okay, I understand at your church you've been having a lot of miracles. My question is, are you seeing 
greater results of prayer, greater miracles after you've prayed this way, as opposed to before you prayed this way. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because we're not yelling at the devil. We're simply taking away his legal right to mess up our lives. Okay. I want you to get this book and three DVDs called Binding the Strongman, Prayers in this book of transformation. In other words, your family will be transformed, your finances will be transformed, your health will be transformed, your intimacy with God will be transformed, your uh, cities will be transformed, your school systems, uh, your, your uh, the the Congress, the Senate, the nation. What a way to pray! This is the way it's always supposed to have been. For a gift of $45, the three DVDs and the book, Binding the Strongman. Call our order-only line, 1-800-447-2697. 1-800-447-2697. We're talking about the uh, ruling demon, if you will, over the United States in almost in, in every arena. Uh, and his name is Baal, or some call him Baal. Uh, and you said, John, uh, that Baal has a thousand faces. In other words, he keeps disguising himself. Tell me some of his faces. Well, that's absolutely right. You know, the Bible says that uh, the enemy appears as an angel of light. And we've got to remember that. And so he appears in, he appears to be really, really good. And unless we know his strategies and his tactics, he can take advantage of us. Oh, well, according to the Bible, John, in the last days, uh, there's going to be one, one of the earmarks of the last days is great deception. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I want to know about some of his faces because I have never seen some of the teaching you've assembled before. Well, first of all, as we said in Matthew twelve twenty four, uh, the, the Bible there clearly says that Baal is the ruler of the demons. It says Beelzebub, but when you research the word Beelzebub, that's just another name for Baal is the ruler of the demons. And again, I like to say that Baal is the false Jesus or the counterfeit Jesus. And here's some of the names over the centuries that we're dealing with. One of them is Baal Hamon which is like Mammon, or we say Mammon. It's one of his many names. It means the Lord of wealth or abundance. And it's, this is the principality warring against the great transfer of wealth to the church. Uh, we've got a war against his spirit to see our inheritance released. And if you look at Jeremiah 51:44, you find out that it refers to Bel, B-E-L, in that verse. But Bel is simply another variation of the name of Baal, and Jezebel named herself that because she was a worshiper of Baal. So when you see about Jezebel, you see the effects of Baal. So, so, so people that are having problems financially, uh, people that uh, it just seems every time they make an investment, it goes wrong. Could Baal be operating in their life? Absolutely. If he's the Lord of wealth or abundance, and really I believe that mammon is under Baal, which is one of Baal's names, then we've got to deal with him. And it's right to be a tither and a giver. There's no question about that. We have to do that. 
but sometimes the, then the enemy has inroads that we're not even aware of. So I think we have to learn how to deal with Baal in this. Now, another name is Baal Barith, and that means Lord of the Covenant. Now, the Hebrew word Baal, or and you said it correctly, Baal, just the Hebrew word, not the false god, but the Hebrew word Baal, actually means husband or marriage. And so this spirit always attempted to cause Israel to divorce or break covenant with God and marry or align with him. And consistent with this, in so many ways, America has broken covenant with God and married Baal. Now, does that mean we were... We were cognizant, understood what we were doing at the time. No, but that's what the enemy does. He tricks us into things. So I believe that Baal or Baal is the strong man behind most covenant breaking, which includes, of course, marriage. It's not the only form of covenant, but it is marriage. We're supposed to be married to the Lord and Him alone. So, so you figure that a lot of people, especially Christians, that are having as many divorces percentage-wise as non-Christians, uh, that this Baal is behind it? Absolutely. I'm totally convinced of it. Absolutely believe that. Uh, the Lord of the Covenant, he does not, Baal does not want us to be married to the Lord Jesus Christ. It, you know, if we're, if we're married to Jesus, that means we don't commit adultery. We don't go whoring after some other god. And in the teachings that I give, I show us ways that he's tricked us into agreeing with Bale's tactics. Uh, what about things like the increase in America of Christians being addicted to pornography? Oh, absolutely, Sid. This is a huge area because I believe that Bale is the strong man behind sexual perversion. For example, in the Bale temples with uh, Jezebel, for example, they employed full-time male and female cult prostitutes who committed sex acts in the open for everyone to watch as a part of their worship of Baal. Well, that goes on 24-7 today in America, online and in movies and on Internet and so on, in the form of pornography. Uh, what about things like homosexuality and abortion? Is that influenced by Baal? Absolutely. Homosexuality was and is one of his big strongholds. And I really do believe that all the sexual sin and perversion in America is to one degree or another under Baal's orchestration. And so when we, when we, when we break this thing off of ourselves, it, George Barn, I believe, a few years ago made a survey of Christian pastors. And he surveyed over 1,000 Christian pastors anonymously. And what he found was about 60% of the pastors admitted to have viewed pornography when, within three days of taking the survey. Now, if that's anywhere near correct, if anywhere near 60% of the pastors in America have been hooked on pornography to one degree or another, what about the congregations? When you do that, you're worshiping, you're coming in covenant with this false god of Baal. Now, it seems to me, John, uh, from everything I can see, there is an increase in all this perversion and look what's happening to the finances of the greatest country in the world, America, and uh, all of the prom uh, promiscuousness and the uh, uh, breaking of the Ten Commandments. And uh, Do you believe that Baal is behind all of these things? Absolutely. Uh, give me one quick example of someone that prayed the way you teach 
and the answer to prayer? Uh, and well, well, gosh, there's a lot of different ways. You know, one thing that uh, a couple in our church, for example, were in debt twenty million dollars. And how are you going to get out of twenty million dollars? And after you go bankrupt. <laughs> Well, yeah, well, and that's what their attorney said that you they needed to do, just declare bankruptcy, just forget about it. And when they when they heard my teaching, and they, in faith, did the bail divorce decree and the writ of assistance, I'm, I'm, it's not just mouthing the words, it's believing what you're saying and petitioning God. What happened was that over $19 million of the $20 million in debt was totally wiped out with no bankruptcy at all, and the, the, their business is able to handle the million dollars that's left. But $19 million of debt wiped out supernaturally when their attorney said, you know, you just need to to do bankruptcy. That's what the enemy, that's what Baal wants to do. He wants to put us in financial bondage and so that we don't tithe and worship the Lord and give offerings to the Lord like we should. But, but let me ask you this. There's some people that tithe and still don't get the results the Bible says they're supposed to. Could Baal have some sort of stronghold in their life? Absolutely. This couple I'm talking about have been faithful tithers and givers for a long, for years, for a long, long time. And you do have to do that. I mean, that's a, when I say you have to do it, in order to do what the Word of God says, you need to be faithful in your finances, absolutely. If the enemy has been given a legal inroad into our lives through, let's say, for example, uh, some kind of sexual perversion, being involved in pornography or anything like homosexuality, or breaking covenant with people, breaking agreements. Um, I'm amazed at just the uh, fraternal orders that either people have been a member of or their family members or generations back they've been members of, like uh, like take uh, Masons, for example, Knights of Pythias, uh, and how it literally is uh, an opening for this bail in their life. Oh, absolutely. That's the case. And when we talk about Masons, we're not against the people. We, we remember that we're never against the people. But my whole family uh, evolved from Freemasonry. I was not a Mason myself. And I want to tell you, if you're white and you live in America, there's a strong likelihood that you, you, uh, your ancestors were involved in Masonry or one way or another. Even Greek fraternities and sororities are all, when you look at the history like I've looked at and some other friends have, you find out that it really springs from Freemasonry, which is a secret society. And in the, for instance, in the 33rd degree, not the 32nd, but the 33rd degree, they're taught that Lucifer is the one true God of light and goodness. Dr. John, I have to tell you, when you explained in, in, uh, in, in your teaching uh, about uh, the many faces of Baal, I want to talk today about uh, something that is, uh, is around everywhere. And almost every president of the United States has been a member of this fraternal organization. Um, uh, so many people are. Uh, tell me about Freemasons. Uh, tell me about this. Let's start out uh, with uh, the, uh, the, uh, the one that brought it to the United States, this uh, Albert Pike. Uh, what kind of guy was he? 
Well, he didn't actually bring it. It was brought a long time before that, but he's the one that really made things a lot worse. And this was around Civil War time and a little bit after that. I believe he's the most wicked man that ever lived in the United States of America. In his book, Morals and Dogma of Freemasonry, which is, you might say, the Bible of Freemasonry, and when I say that, a lot of Freemasons have never read that at all, but it doesn't make any difference because they're led in the first three degrees to swear to Freemasonry and to the God of Freemasonry, and it's not Jesus Christ, but in that book, uh, Morals and Dogma of Freemasonry, he plainly says that Lucifer is the good God, the God of, of light and goodness, and Adonai is the God of darkness and evil. He equates the two, and in the 33rd degree, they actually are led to swear to Lucifer. That's the 33rd degree. Not very many Masons are there, but they swear allegiance to those over them, and the one over them is Baal. Okay, I, I had an uncle that was a Mason. No way in a million years would he swear to Lucifer. He was a good Jewish man, uh, but uh, so would it have affected him? Would it have hurt him? It was the same way with my father, who was a, just a third-degree Mason, just the lowest level. Absolutely, it affects all. And when you are initiated in those first three degrees and become a master Mason, just the lowest level, you have made oaths, you have sworn to things that in your right mind you never would have done. And you've got to investigate some of those oaths. But they, when they swore those oaths, they bound their descendants and their relatives to what they were swearing, and effectively they were swearing to Baal. Okay, this, what I can't, uh, I've never heard before, is you say this Albert Pike that wrote the, literally the Bible of Freemasonry uh, was the founder of the KKK. Yeah, he, he was the founder of the KKK in the United States, and at the same time, his friend in Europe, Mazzini, who was also of the high-level Freemason, he founded the mafia in, in Europe, which came to the United States. Well, you, they're all evil organizations. They're secret organizations and evil organizations. And we know the prince of darkness that's over all of that. And, of course, he would be the one that I'm talking about, Baal, Lucifer, is the one that's ruling over them. They don't, do they mean to do it? Absolutely not. My dad didn't mean to swear to Lucifer. But he made oaths that he was led to do in those initiation ceremonies that he didn't He say, well, I didn't mean to do that, didn't understand what I was doing. It doesn't make any difference. Jesus said, by your words are you justified, by your words are you condemned. You get All right, why it does it hurt the United States of America to have Freemason symbols on even our dollar bill, for starters, uh, let alone the Statue of Liberty or the Washington Monument? We're given a legal right to the enemy to be involved in our lives. He didn't force us to do that. We gave a legal right to the enemy to be involved in our finances. When you have the all-seeing eye on the back of the dollar bill, for example, that's the eye of Lucifer. It's the same kind of thing when you look at the Statue of Liberty. People don't know the origins of the Statue of Liberty. Uh, let's go back to the dollar bill. There, there's a date on every U.S. dollar bill. 1776 uh, in Roman numerals. And what does that date mean? It's not July the 4th, 1776. It's from May the 1st, 1776, when the Illuminati was officially formed in Europe on that date. That's what's on our dollar bill. How did that get on our dollar bill? What business? Uh, I mean, uh, what? Uh, because 
many, most of our, many at least, maybe most of our founding fathers were involved in Freemasonry. Does that mean they were evil people? No, I'm not saying that at all. They got hooked into things, and then by the t- after a while, uh, the Illuminati began to infiltrate and influence Freemasons. All right, I've often wondered, and I'm looking at a dollar bill right now, uh, What what is this pyramid with uh, an eye and, and all sorts of light coming from this eye? What is that? That's the eye of Lucifer, the all-seeing eye. That's exactly what it is. And those 13 steps that are in that <clears throat> pyramid are 13 steps of Freemasonry, most of which... Uh, well, the bottom part is open to the public. We know about the degrees, but the upper parts that are over the rest of them are called esoteric or hidden or European Freemasonry that even most Freemasons have no idea about. But that's what's over them because they may, they swore to be loyal to Freemasonry. And so they put themselves under the ruler of Freemasonry, which in the 33rd degree is plainly told as being Lucifer. What is the Washington Monument? The Washington Monument is an Asherah pole. Uh, it is an obelisk, but the Bible refers to it as an Asherah pole. They've been used for, we'll go back to antiquity, and it is a phallic symbol, and it is absolutely a symbol of Baal and the sexual perversion that he brings, or it brings. Okay, and, and what is the Statue of Liberty? Statue of Liberty is uh, Lucifer. In the History Channel in 2010, they did an hour-long special in which they exposed that that statue is Lucifer. That was their their factual evidence that it's Lucifer, represents Lucifer. And it was made by, the Statue of Liberty was made by three French Freemasons. Bertholdi was the one that made the outside, and Eiffel's made the, the man that made the Eiffel Tower made the inside of it. And they said, this is the light bearer. That's why the statue holds that torch up. And that is the light that they're inviting people to come to, Lucifer, the light bearer. But I believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, the true light of the world, not Lucifer. Uh, And where did we get Columbia from in the District of Columbia? Well, when we say District of Columbia, it means the district belonging to Columbia. And Columbia is another name of the Queen of Heaven, which is the female part of the Baal Principality. And uh, it's, we have all kinds of names for Columbia, which is the Queen of Heaven, the Moon Goddess, the Sun Goddess, the Mother of Harlots, uh, the Great Mother, Ashtaroth, Artemis, Aphrodite, Columbia, Minerva, which is on the seal of the state of California, Nike, Astarte, Diana, Isis, and a boy, you'll, you'll hate this, Easter or Ishtar. So the word Easter is the name for the Queen of Heaven, also the name of Columbia, which is the statue that's on top of our nation's Capitol building. They refer to it as the Statue of Freedom, but that's that goes back to Libertas, which was a, a Roman goddess, which is the same thing as uh, the Queen of Heaven, which is a part of the Baal Principality. Oh, oh okay. Christians and non-Christians alike are, are, are caught up in all of these symbols and all of these things throughout America. I've got two questions for you. Number one, 
why has America been such a blessed country with all of the, this uh, bail symbol, symbology all over the place? We have, I believe, one major reason that we've supported Israel. When God said to Abram, I'll bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you, we've been a blessing to Israel. We have been, to a large extent, a Christian nation. And we have propagated the gospel around the world. So we have legally given rights for the blessings of God to come to our nation. But at the same time, the enemy doesn't want those blessings to flow. And so he tricks us into also doing things that follow him and worship him. And the thing that God said, he said, you will have no other gods before me. I don't want to share you with any other principality, any other God. I don't want you to be shared with any other God. I want, I'm a jealous God. I want you and you alone. So it isn't that the United States has done everything wrong. We haven't. I love our nation, and the blessings of God have flowed here. But we've also allowed the enemy a legal right to be involved in our nation's politics, our government, our finances, our marriages, all kinds of things, without knowing that's what we did, but that's what the enemy does because he appears as an angel of light. He doesn't appear in an angel of light. That's referring really to Lucifer. And so... So a Christian is supposed to be married to God. And in effect, you're saying through ignorance of the law, many Christians are married to Baal and they don't even know it. Absolutely. That's exactly right. And that's what happened with Israel. They, you know, uh, when the showdown at, at Mount Carmel with uh, with Elijah, when he said, "Choose today whom you, you know, who's God? Is it Baal or is it God?" And they didn't answer a word because they didn't know which one was right. They were worshiping Jehovah, and then they were also worshiping Baal because they didn't know for sure who was really God. And when he made that face down, he made that challenge, then God showed Himself strong. And when those prophets of Baal and Asher were destroyed. Then he prayed seven times, and the rains came, and the rains are blessings. Well, well, you you know what? Uh, Because of time right now, we'll we'll pick up on tomorrow's broadcast. But uh, I am amazed once Christians divorce themselves from Baal legally based on total knowledge, things change in their government. Things change in their families. Things change in their health. Things change in their finances. Are you ready to stop having the promises of God held back in your life? I want you to get these three DVDs and the book, Binding the Strongman, and pray the way God always intended you to pray, available for a gift of $45. Call our order-only line, 1-800-447-2697. 1-800-447-2697. John, some of the information that you have, I have never, ever seen before. For instance, I just recently saw a special uh, on the original Rockefeller, uh, and it said he was a strong Christian in this special. I think it was the History Channel. But you told me what's in Rockefeller Center. Tell me now again. Well, in the middle of Rockefeller Center, which is shown on the Today Show every morning, is broadcast from Rockefeller Center, is this big gold statue that's stretched out that is over the skating rink that's there, and it's a statue of Prometheus. Prometheus has in his right hand a flame, just like the Statue of Liberty does, showing this is the light and the way. 
Well, Prometheus, we know, is just another name for Baal, another manifestation of Baal. You say, well, Rockefeller was a strong Christian. But you see, that's what the enemy does. The enemy tricks us into going his ways, when if we understood what he was doing, we would never, ever do that before. And that's why this Baal divorce decree is so important, that we free ourselves from ways that we've gotten involved with Baal, the ruler of the demons. And, you know, in Second Chronicles 7:14, God says, My people who are called by my name, that's Christians, will do four things, humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Well, that's what my, a lot of my teaching is about, is wicked ways that we didn't even know was wicked. Then God says, I will hear from heaven, I'll hear your prayer, I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. So we need to know the enemy's tactics because the Bible says that he takes advantage of us through his schemes and trickery. I'm tired of being tricked. Uh, speaking about tired of being tricked, wouldn't it be wonderful if the promises of God, all of them are activated in your life? For instance, uh, John, when you started praying in your own home state, uh, Oklahoma, and your own home city, Oklahoma City, when you started praying this way, Tell me what happened in your city. Well, lots of things. Oklahoma City is regarded as the most transformed city of a million population or more in our nation. A lot of evidence is that the National Mayor's Conference chose Oklahoma City to meet here in 2010 because they saw the unveiling story of the transformation of our city. When we first started praying in our city, we had only one luxury hotel in the downtown core. We now have 10 with four more under construction. When you grow from one to 14 luxury hotels, I mean just in the downtown core, it says something alive has happened. We've seen the, the, the legislature and the executive branch of our, branches of our state being totally transformed, where now two, more than two-thirds majority uh, are born-again Christians. The governor is a personal friend of mine, wonderful Christian lady who asks us for prayer often. We've seen in Oklahoma City, for example, that we've had the lowest unemployment rate of any city in the nation over a million population for the last four years. What's going on in real estate out of curiosity? Because we know what's going on in the rest of America. One, uh, Moody's ranked our commercial real estate as number two in the nation. And when everybody else's real estate went down, ours went up a little bit. And so we've not had that bubble and burst here in Oklahoma City that others have had. And so, uh, well, uh, uh, Forbes magazine, when the recession started, they came out with a big article in 2009 that says that Oklahoma City was the most recession-proof city in the nation, and it's been exactly that. Uh, Wouldn't it be wonderful if Christians started praying the way you're praying, John, uh, and their cities this happened to? There would really be, you know, a lot of Christians have given up hope about America, but uh, have you given up hope about America? Oh, no, I haven't given up hope about America. I'm more excited about America than ever before. You know, I've gone to all 50 states and done this teaching and led a remnant of people because I've got a prayer network in all 50 states and 42 nations. I've led people to into this divorcement of bail and the writ of assistance, and we're seeing miracles in other states. Uh, tell me about miracles in people, like physical healings. What are you seeing in your church when you pray this way? Yeah, I'll give you a couple of examples in 
2005, there was a, a young lady that, when she was a little girl, had an operation on her eye, and the surgeon severed the optic nerve, so she was totally blind in that eye from a child. After we began to deal with Bale, I laid my hand on her eye, and God gave her a brand new optic nerve. It was confirmed by the doctors. They said, yes, you've got a new optic nerve, and you and you can see perfectly out of that eye. Well, we took away his legal right to rule. Barrenness broken. For example, I taught these things in Atlanta, and there, there we, I led the congregation in Atlanta divorce bail. There was a woman there that uh, been she and her husband trying to conceive for over 10 years, and we laid hands on her, prayed for her, and right away they conceived, and I just got word the other day that they're expecting their second child. So barrenness has been gone. Uh, uh, tell me, tell me about that person uh, that uh, the they had a baby and the organs literally supernaturally moved. Yeah, absolutely. And this is in the early days of dealing with bail before we ever had the bail divorce decree. But we knew we were dealing with bail. Uh, a couple in our church, as a result of uh, of dealing with bail and praying, when this little boy Blake was in the womb, all of his organs were outside of his body. And the doctors advised the mother to abort little Blake because he wasn't going to be able to make it. Well, they came to the church, received prayer after we had dealt with Baal. But in just a few days, the baby's organs were inside of his body, and then he was born fine. And uh, Do the doctors have any explanation for this? No, they didn't have an explanation at all. No explanation at all. I mean, if if his if his organs were outside of his body, how are you going to get them inside of his body? Uh, well, if God could do that, He could do anything, John. Do anything, because you know, Sid. One of the things is that Baal always goes after the next generation, trying to cut off the extension of God's covenantal. Uh, what about so many Christians' children are now not following the Lord? Uh, by praying this way, could we? change their destiny? I believe we can. They still have a free will, but, you know, the Bible says the God of this age has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. When we take authority over the one who has blinded their eyes, which the veiled divorce decree and the writ of assistance does, then they are free to come to their senses and make Jesus Christ the Lord of their life. You say that Billy Graham made the statement uh, that until there's revival among the Native Americans, there will not be revival in America. Why did he say this? Why do you say this? He said, made the statement in the 1960s to that effect. He said, the American Indian is like a sleeping giant. America will not experience revival and awakening until they do. God put the host people here first for a reason. Now, we could go into all the reasons why. But if he put them here first, they would be the stewards of the land. They have had, uh, what I'm told is, our statistics are less than 5% of Native Americans on reservations in the United States today are born again. And that is because of what my white-skinned ancestors did when they came here and presented them with the gospel. But what they did, we, we killed them, we lied to them, we broke covenants with them. 372 treaties, covenants that our government made with the Native American people and broke every single one of them. Broken covenants, which is what Baal does, leaves a legal door for the enemy to come in and mess things up. So I believe the Native Americans are very much key to our nation, and that's why God let us 
in beginning to reconcile with the host people of the land. And it was after that then that our dealing with Baal really became supercharged when we became in covenant with Native American believers. With what they had and what we had together, God's been doing miracles, absolutely miracles across the land. And now you've been actually showing evidence that Native Americans, some tribes, were actually the lost tribes of Israel? I know it's amazing, and people may not understand it and believe it. And I, but for just for example, uh, two examples. Well, there's a book entitled Out of the Flame written by James Adair back in 1775, A History of the American Indians. And in that book, this man knew Hebrew. He lived about 40 years among the Cherokee and the Choctaw and the Chickasaw. And he gave in this big, thick, fine print book proofs of the, that these tribes were descended from the lost tribes of Israel. Well, how in the world did they get to America? The ancient Assyrians captured, the Bible tells us, the northern tribes of Israel. When the Assyrians captured their people, they scattered them among the other nations where they captured the people. Among them was the Phoenicians and the Egyptians. The Phoenicians and the Egyptians were ancient mariners, and Dr. Barry Fell, uh, that wrote the uh, Harvard professor that wrote the book America B.C., documents hundreds of places across America where ancient Egyptians came and Phoenicians claimed the land for their sun god, Baal, and as they came here in their ships, they would have transported a lot of the northern ten tribes of Israel, and so they ended up staying here in the United States. I'm not saying that all the tribes are descended from the lost tribes of Israel, but the language of the Cherokee, for example, and the customs was outlined in a book by Dr. Uh, James Adair in 1775, a big, thick book showing that he believed that they were they were descended from Israel, particularly the Cherokee tribe was descended from the tribes. Whoops, we're out of time. Somehow, it, it, from a spiritual viewpoint, most Christians, through ignorance, have been married to Baal, uh, a false god. Uh, and for for instance, if you've ever been involved in a uh, fraternal order such as Masons, uh, if uh, I mean, I am amazed at some of the things you've pointed out. Uh, John Benefeld, for instance, uh, the name Allah. A lot of people use that interchangeably with God, meaning the creator of the universe. What would you say? No, not absolutely. Allah is not another name for our God. And what we found out in our, our digging and our research is the original name for Allah was Baal Allah. In other words, just a variation of Baal. You remember I said earlier that Baal is a god of a thousand faces. So in every society all around the world, throughout the... So, so when Christians have joint ecumenical meetings uh, and, and the imam is praying to Allah, uh, they are praying to Baal and they're standing side by side in prayer? Yeah, and that just sickens me. When that... uh, how about these Christian groups that, for the sake of evangelism, have a Quran and a Bible and teach from both? I don't agree with that. <laughs> I'm sure that you don't. I don't hate Muslims. I know you don't either. We don't hate the people. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the principalities. And also the uh, original name for Allah is not only Baal Allah, but Hubal. And it's actually Baal, you know, is the name for Baal. Hubal. <laughs> so Muslims, whether they realize it or not, they follow Baal. John, when... 
someone prays the way you are instructing us to pray, uh, you're saying that God has the a desire for a wealth transfer from the non-believer to the believer, and this Baal is holding it up because through ignorance, we many of us are married to this false god. Uh, explain that. Well, we are exactly that, and that's in my teachings. I explain how we've been we become married to the false god, and when you do that, you know poverty is a curse. Lack is a curse. The enemy has a right to bring curses in unless we deal with his right to be in our lives through the blood of Jesus and petitioning the court of heaven to grant us a decree of divorce from Baal. And when you do that, you take away the enemy's legal right to mess up your finances. The Bible is very clear. It says the wealth of the wicked, the wealth of the sinners laid up for the just. Well, if that's the case, then why don't we see more of the wealth transfer? We've seen more and more wealth transfer by using the bail divorce decree and the writ of assistance. And somebody might say, well, do I have to do it exactly that way? No, you don't have to do it exactly that way, but it's through principles that we've learned that we've applied, and we see wealth transfer really beginning to flow in people's lives that we haven't seen before. Now, because you've been praying this way for quite a while, and your church has been praying this way, and your prayer network has been praying this way, tell me some of the things, just by, say, categories, uh, that God is answering in prayer as a result of this change of your people. Well, in individuals' lives, for example, we're seeing miraculous healings that have been taking place. We've seen women who've been barren for years all of a sudden conceive. We've seen women that, uh, as I said earlier, about a a woman that their baby was so deformed that all their organs uh, in the womb, all the organs was outside of their body. After dealing with Baal, then the organs moved back inside the body. We've seen blind eyes open. Uh, We're we're seeing people see angels in our church all the time. Uh, MS healed rotator cuff heals, so physical healings. We've seen financial breakthroughs in people's lives by taking away the enemy's legal right to be involved in our finances. Uh, You know, $20 million in debt, virtually all of it canceled. Uh, One man had a $500,000 line of credit that he was behind on. If he didn't bring in $100,000 that day, he would be foreclosed on. He declared the bail divorce decree, and the Lord told him to go see one of his clients, and the client said, I've been looking for you. Here's a $100,000 check for a job you're going to do. So financial breakthroughs. We've seen it on a big scale, though, in our cities, in our state, and in our nation. We've seen the legislature and the executive branches of of our state completely changed over for the first time ever since Oklahoma became a state. Now we have the governor, lieutenant governor, attorney general, all friends of mine that are born-again Christians that love the Lord. We've been able now to pass laws restricting abortions that never were even heard before in committee. Now we have the most restrictive laws against abortion in the state uh, in the United States. Yeah, yeah, you know, you're provoking me to such jealousy. I almost want to move to Oklahoma City. How'd you do that? <laughs> but but the good news is we can pray that way for every city that we're living in. Uh, we're booming here in Oklahoma City. Our economy is growing and growing and growing. 
And so when you take authority over the enemy that has messed up your finances, it not only, you know, it's it's the whole level rising. It's not just just individuals. It's everybody because when you can pray and intercede that way, you can affect other people's lives. We see marriages put back together. We see children come back to the Lord when you break the authority of, the, of Baal over their lives by this Baal divorce decree. When you... Uh, we see peace come into people's lives. We we see people who've had mental problems that, that have gotten healed and delivered. And so when you see the economy of, the, of a city and a state begin to change, the government becoming a righteous government, that gets me excited. We've been to all the Masonic lodges in the whole United States to divorce bail. We did that a couple of years ago. What, what, what I'm excited about is your three DVDs in your book called Binding the Strongman. Uh, you build the faith level of people to believe these prayers. Then you have the most supernatural. You actually paid an attorney that's a Christian to draw this up, a divorce decree from every area of ignorance that we're involved in, uh, and then a writ of assistance. Uh, which is a legal term for the enforcement of the law that you have just won, which releases angels, uh, get rid of all of the curses from things like Freemasonry. Uh, And when people pray this way, God is answering them the way you've always wanted God to answer your prayers. Let's pray for a uh, divorce decree uh, from Baal right now. And should we repeat this after you? Well, let me just go ahead and, and do this, and you can just repeat it silently after me. And and um, we're going to petition the highest court of the kingdom of God. The Bible says, come boldly to the throne of grace. So because of the Lord, because of the blood of Jesus, most high God, because of the blood of Jesus, and in his name, we come boldly to the throne of grace to bring our case. And we, the people of God, come as the plaintiff in reference to the marriage of the people of God versus the principality of Baal, including Baal, the queen of heaven, and Leviathan as defendant. We say, Lord, that this matter comes on for hearing before the supreme judge of the highest court of the kingdom of God on the petition of we, the people of God, seeking from you a decree of divorce from this principality of Baal, the defendant in this matter. The court finds that the plaintiff's assertions are fully substantiated, that this marriage was entered into by the plaintiff based on lies and deceit by the defendant, and that plaintiff relied on fraudulent inducements and enticements by the defendant, which defendant had neither the intention or ability to deliver. And, Father, we also say that we repudiate any and all joint claims with the defendant and request this highest court of the kingdom of God to sever with the sword of the Lord all relationships with the defendant of any nature, however and whenever such occurred, and we seek enforcement by this court of plaintiff's desire to be known by no other name than that given by plaintiff's father. We also seek an everlasting restraining order against the defendant so as to keep the defendant away from all persons or property belonging to the plaintiff. And, Lord, we read the judgment from your throne. Wherefore, this court, being fully advised in the evidence, does find for the plaintiff and against the defendant in all matters material to the plaintiff's petition of divorce, and does by this decree grant the plaintiff a divorce and all the requests set forth above, that being the order of this court from and after this date, so shall it be, sign the Supreme Judge, divorce granted. 
Now, Sid, one other thing, I think we need to remarry the Lord right now. So let me just lead people in a prayer and say this, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. Now that I'm free from bail. Now that I'm free from bail. Of my own free will. Of my own free will. I marry you, Lord Jesus. I marry you, Lord Jesus. You are my Lord and Master. You are my Lord and Master. My owner and my husband. My owner and my husband. Now and always. Now and always. I belong to you and you alone. I belong to you and you alone. In your name. In your name. Amen. Amen. Now, I want you to get these anointed prayers. I want your faith to grow, and I want you to become normal in your prayer life. This is the most effective way to have your prayers answered. Uh, Break free of any connection you have with the false god of of this uh, United States, the top ruler, Baal. We're making the Book and the three DVDs available for a gift of $45. This is the Shabbat broadcast. The Lord is blessing you right now. The Lord is keeping you right now. Uh, the Lord is smiling on you right now. The Lord is giving you his gifts right now. The Lord is surrounding you with his favor right now. Now, the Lord is giving you his peace, his shalom, his completeness in your spirit, in your soul, and in your body right now in the name that is above every problem and every demon, Yeshua HaMashiach Sikenu, Jesus the Messiah, our righteousness. To hear this week's interview or watch archives of our television show, It's Supernatural, visit our website at www.sidroth.org. That's www.sidroth.org. To receive a complimentary copy of our bi-monthly teaching newsletter, materials catalog, or information about becoming Mishpucha or Chalitzim, write to me, Sid Roth, Post Office Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278. To place a credit card order, call anytime, 1-800-447-2697. For all other calls, the number is 704-943-6500. That's 704-943-6500. For a CD of this week's broadcast, send a donation to Sid Roth. That's S-I-D-R-O-T-H, Post Office Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278.